Hello and welcome to Morning Coffee with Jesus. I'm Rebecca and today we're going to be talking about it's in your nature. So if you've ever wondered why you feel the way you do or why the world puts so many demands on you, you're going to want to stick around for today's message. So I want to start off with saying happy Father's Day. I know not all of you have the best examples as a dad, but if you do have someone who helped raise you, who helped take care of you, and you respect them, whether they're your biological dad or not, maybe they're just a spiritual dad who helped guide you throughout your years, be sure to call them, tell them you love them. I am so thankful that I have my dad, Pastor Rick, Um, So I want to say happy Father's Day to him, happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, Jerry Hogan, and to my husband, happy Father's Day to him as well. All of you who are watching, happy Father's Day. You are appreciated and loved, and today we're talking about it's in your nature. And I wanted to get to this because a lot of times the world will put certain demands on dads. And if you are a single parent and you are raising people and you're a mom, you don't have that man figure in your house, I want you to know this message still can apply to you as well. We're going to look at this from a Bible perspective to find out what does God's Word say about it's in our nature. Who is God and what example has He left for us as parents to be able to teach and train our children in the way that they should go? So I want to look at a couple different things that the world longs for, or they try and pull and demand on us, on the dads typically. When we set aside God's word and we start looking at what does the world want out of a father? What do they look to? What is it that they consider to be a good dad, right? Well, we all know that Love is important. We want to have that sense of someone cares for me, someone loves me. They also want protection, right? Someone to be able to provide, to not have to worry about stress of we can't get this and we can't do that. Someone who's there to put a roof over your head, right? A lot of times this is kind of where we draw the line in the world. We want love, we want that protection, someone to provide for us. Well, we're gonna now switch over into what does the Bible say about having this good example. There's six of them that we're gonna touch on. I'm gonna run through the list first and then we're gonna break it down and show you scriptures of what God's word says about each topic. So there's love a leader, provider, imparts wisdom, gives correction, and forgives. I want to start with love because the world sees love as important and so does God's Word. So, love. Why is love so valued to us? Well, 1 John 4, 7 tells us, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, 
And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is why a lot of times the world gets things mixed up on the topic of love. Because if we don't know God, and we just read that God is love, then we don't know how to truly love. This is why you'll have people who are father figures, but they're not living up to their full potential. It's simply because they don't know who God is. So you can't give love if you don't have love on the inside of you, if you don't know who love is. Now I want to tie this in with Ephesians 5.25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, why is this important? Well, because husbands and wives are a representation of Christ and the church. Husband represents Christ and the wife represents the church. So when we're looking in scripture where it talks about Christ and how he is talking or what he is doing when it comes to the church, we can use that as an example here. It's giving us an example of what Christ did for the church. Jesus died for us. That's the kind of love that God has towards us. It's a love that we don't see a whole lot of, especially in today's time. When things get rough, people would rather run and let you figure it out on your own. But God is giving us an example of standing firm, even if it means death and not out of a fear thing. It's out of a love that we would want to do that. I know as a mom with my kids, if any harm was trying to come near them, I would want to step in their place to get them out of harm's way to where they could run to safety. And then I would take on what they were going through in that moment whether it meant I was going to be physically hurt, mentally hurt, but as a parent, I want to love and be there to protect my children. Well, that's the kind of example that God has given us, that he wants us to love with all that we are. The second thing is being a leader or head of the house, right? This is what we typically see the man. And I know we're in a time period to where we've got so many different things mixed up in our homes to where people are doing one role over another role. But again, we're going back to the word of God to find out what did God originally design the household to look like? And when we're talking about dads today, since it is Father's Day, being that lead in the home, not one who is beating everyone up, yelling and verbally abusing people, but leading by example. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He came here on the earth as a man, lived life just like we did to be that example for us. In fact, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 tells us, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. We are supposed to imitate 
God. So when we read his word, when we find out more about who he is, we find out more about who we are and who God created us to be. You can't imitate someone that you don't know anything about. This is why it's vital that each one of us get into the word for ourselves to find out who is God. How does he talk? How does he think? And then it helps us to be able to imitate those same things. So since we have him as that example, we can also look in Joshua 24, 15, and it tells us, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have a choice every single day. Who are we going to serve? How are we going to respond? What are we going to do? And are we going to get it right every time? Probably not. But when we go back to the word and say, no, I am choosing to serve the Lord. Yes, I may have lost my cool today. Yes, I may have raised my voice, but I'm not going to let that stop me from getting back on track and being the example that God wants me to be. The enemy wants you to get into condemnation to where you feel like you're not a good dad. You're not a good mom. You're not a good person. But when we go back to the word of God and we find out who God created us to be, it gives us confidence and assurance to know it's not hopeless. And then we move into the third thing, which is the provider. Now, even in the world, we want security, right? We want to know that everything's going to be taken care of financially. You can look at so many different statistics out there of why people get divorced and finances are really up in the top there. But when we understand finances, then it takes off a load and it allows us to be able to look at things differently. What do I mean by that? Well, we're going to look at Philippians 4, 19. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So that means not our riches, And a lot of times this is what happens. We look at our bank account. We look at what money is coming in from our job and how much money is going out. And then you can get into a very stressful state because you're relying on you to be the provider. And God is telling us here, he is the one that supplies all that we have need of. Not according to our bank account, but according to his riches. That right there will eliminate so much stress off of your life because now we're relying on God to be our provider and not our spouse, not our job, not whatever it is that you've been relying on to pay all the bills, to get you in a better financial state. Why? We are relying on God to help us to navigate our finances, to know how to manage things, to know where to invest, to where it eases a load and takes off that burden. The next thing that the Lord gives us as an example is to impart wisdom. John 5, 19 tells us, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. This is so good because even Jesus did not say anything, did not do anything until he got instruction from his example, which was God. Same thing we need to do. We need to wait and get that instruction from the Holy Spirit before we just 
give out our advice to people. We can't give true wisdom if we do not know the answer. And there's so many times that people have questions, have problems in your house, at your job, and if we don't have God's wisdom, then we're gonna get in a whirlwind of trouble because we don't have the solution. Well, God is always our solution. He's always the one that has the answers that we need. And so before you answer your kids, before you answer your spouse, before you answer a really important question at work, make sure that you are getting into the word, getting wisdom from God. And then when you open your mouth and speak, people are gonna be like amazed because of all of the wisdom that's coming out of your mouth. Now, again, this is not to give us glory, but it's to bring glory back to God and to show people that we cannot do anything without God's help. He's the one that shows us he's our example and we want to follow him every step of the way. And as we're seeking wisdom, we can do what Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 tells us. It says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. We should constantly be talking about God because he's the one that is full of wisdom. And when we're leading our children and our family and our friends and even strangers in the direction of God and his wisdom, it will impact their lives greater than anything that we could try and come up with on our own. Now these last two people typically don't wanna talk about, but they are vital. The first one is correction. No one likes to be corrected. This is one thing people will do everything they can not to go and apologize just because it's embarrassing. No one wants to admit when they're wrong, but correction is a vital part when it comes to life. Now there's correction that can be done wrongly and it can be done right, which is why we've got to find out what the word says about correction. Proverbs 3:12 tells us, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. God corrects us because he loves us, not because he doesn't want us to have fun, not because he wants to take things away from us, but because he knows what's up ahead. And he's trying to prevent us from getting into a state of disaster, into devastation. God wants us to live in abundance to the full till it overflows. He's not trying to hurt you or bring you down, which is why he gives us correction. Just like a parent knows there are certain consequences that come with actions. And kids don't typically want to listen or believe that we know what we're talking about because they get to an age to where they think they have it all figured out. And then they soon realize, oh, mom and dad were right. Well, we can do this with God where he gives us instruction, he gives us correction, and we wanna be like that kid who doesn't wanna listen and thinks we can figure it out on our own. Well, God says we can do what we want and he won't stop us, but he will guide and direct us. But it's up to us to listen to the correction that he's giving us, make that course change to where we don't go down the wrong path. And remembering that God's giving us correction because he loves us. And God always corrects in love. He doesn't ever correct putting you down, yelling at you, beating you. That is not the kind of God that we serve. He always does it in love and then gives us a choice 
to take it or leave it. Which is why God tells us in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Are we training our children to go in the way of God, to take correction in love and not take it as someone's putting us down and beating us up and that we're unworthy and we're no good? Correction should be addressing the issue, but also presenting the solution. And lastly, we get to forgiveness. Forgiveness can be hard for so many people, especially if someone has really done you wrong and it got all the way down on the inside of you, felt like someone was stabbing you in the back. It is hard to be able to forgive someone. But 1 John 1, 9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This verse tells us that we have to confess our sins. And as we do that, he forgives us. No matter what we have done, he forgives us. Well, if God can do that for us, how much more should we do that for others. There's a great example of this in Luke 15. This is about the prodigal son. I'm not going to read the whole thing for sake of time, but in verse 20 through 24, it tells us, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. This is such a great example of a father who loves his son unconditionally, who wants to be able to provide, who wants to give him that wisdom, who, yes, may have given some correction, but is willing to forgive. His son spent everything he had, and in his son's eyes, he thought his father didn't love him anymore, didn't want him, wouldn't accept him. And a lot of times we feel like that with God. Maybe even with your own earthly father, you feel that way. But I want you to know, no matter what example you have as a dad, as a parent, I want you to know that God is the best example that we have as a father. God loves us unconditionally, and he's always there with open arms, even when we get it wrong. He's waiting for us to come to him and be like, hey, I messed up. And you may feel completely unworthy, just like this son did. But God will wrap his arms around you and tell you he loves you. He still thinks that you're worth celebrating. Bring you back into his home. Throw that celebration party of you were lost, but now you're found. You ran away, but you came home. So today I want you to take time to evaluate where you're at in your life. If you're a dad, are you being the example that God wants you to be? If you're a mom, if you're single and you don't have a family yet, we have this as an example of our 
heavenly father, of what a husband should be like, of what a dad should be like. We have God as our example to be there for us. No matter whether you had a good example growing up, whether you're currently in a bad situation now, or you're just doing this thing on your own, you feel like. Go to the Word of God to find out what's in your nature. We long for these things because it's in our DNA. So it's not bad for you to want to have these things. In fact, God gave them to us all the way in the beginning of time. So no matter what's going on in your life right now, where you're at, what example you've been in your past, say, Lord, lead me, guide me. Let me move closer to you to find out who you are so I can imitate you. As we move closer to God, we have a deeper, intimate relationship with Him and we're able to love people more. We're able to seem smarter than we are because we have His wisdom on the inside of us. I want you to know that God loves you. He cares for you and He will never leave you. We want you to know that we have a team that would love to pray for you about any prayer requests you have. You can always email us at morningcoffeewithjesus at hotmail.com. We appreciate you. We are here to give you scriptures if you need help in that area. But we want you to know that you are never too young or too old to fulfill the call. We love you guys and we'll see you next week.